Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on episode 51 of Health Talk with Dr. Kell. I'm Nikki Sterner, and last week in podcast 50, we discussed the medical definition versus the natural definition of disease. This week, we are discussing what is cancer? Cancer is a group of diseases in which some of the body's cells grow uncontrollably with the potential to invade or spread to other parts of the body. It can occur in childhood or adulthood. The C word. No one wants to hear their doctor say it, but cancer affects a lot of families. Where does it come from? Is it genetic? Environmental? What you eat? Let's talk about it. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Podcast 51, titled What is Cancer? I'm Nikki Sterner, and let's welcome Dr. Kell to the show. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Dr. Kell. How are you? Doing good. Thank you. Let's do the quote of the day, and that is, Sail on a Voyage of Discovery, and that's by Anonymous. And I thought, you know, we're kind of discovering our bodies and the organs and the systems, and so I thought, you know, this is kind of relevant. What do you think, Dr. Kell? I like that really what we're doing right now, too, is we're going through uh, topics of what is. So last week we talked about what is disease, and then I want to get a little more detail. I've been thinking this last week a lot about cancer. And so I decided to do what is cancer, and we'll do that in a three-segment series of what is cancer, how is cancer tied to the immune system, and lastly we'll talk about both medical and natural treatments for cancer. Mm, interesting. Yeah, before we get started on that, an article of the day, I thought we'd talk a little bit about antioxidants. Been in the news for many years, became uh, lots of uh, supplements out there touted to reduce your uh, oxidation, the negative free radicals, as we call them, from your system. And so I wanted to mention a few things about antioxidants because they are linked to cancers. And mm. we can talk about the reasons for that, too, when we get to, into what is cancer. But I want to start out giving a definition of what is an antioxidant, kind of fitting um, in our what is series. The body's trillion or so cells face formidable threats from the lack of food to infection with viruses. Another constant threat comes from chemicals called free radicals. In very high levels, they are capable of damaging cells and genetic material. The body generates free radicals as the inevitable byproducts of turning food into energy. Free radicals are also formed after exercising or exposure to cigarette smoke, air pollution, and sunlight. Free radicals come in many shapes, sizes, and chemical configurations. What they all share is a voracious appetite for electrons, stealing them from any nearby substances that will yield them. This electron theft can radically alter the loser's structure or function. Free radical damage can change the instructions coded in a strand of DNA. It can make a circulating low-density lipoprotein, LDL, sometimes called bad cholesterol, molecule more likely to get trapped in an arterial wall. Or it can alter a cell's membrane, changing the flow of what enters the cell and what leaves it. An excessive chronic amount of free radicals in the body causes a condition called oxidative stress, which may damage cells and lead to chronic disease. We aren't defenseless against free radicals. The body long used to relentless attacks makes many molecules that quench free radicals as surely as water douses fire. 
We also work by generously giving electrons to free radicals without turning into electron scavenging substances themselves. They are also involved in mechanisms that repair DNA and maintain the health of cells. They're not all bad. There are hundreds, probably thousands of different substances that can act as antioxidants. The most familiar ones are vitamin C, vitamin E, beta carotene, and other related carotenoids along with the minerals selenium and magnesium. They're joined by glutathione, coenzyme Q10, lipoic acid, flavonoids, phenols, and polyphenols. And the list goes on. Do you know much about free radicals? Have you ever been concerned about free radicals, Nikki? Well, I was concerned when you said that, like, you can get them from the sun. Yes, anything that breaks off the negative ions to float around in your system. Uh, one of the reasons you get those two is because of damage. There is more and more discussion on free radicals and antioxidants. It's going to take us into later, we're going to have Ted back. Uh, from Standard Process, and he's going to talk mm. about the differences between synthetic and natural sources of vitamin nutrients. Uh, and a lot of the stuff on the market out there, and a lot of uh, studies have been done that look at the benefits of vitamins and antioxidants on the effects of free radicals and effects of the health. And most of the time, those studies are done with synthetic vitamins. And so I think they're skewed because of that. Mm. They're not getting it from natural sources. And the natural sources, we always say, are best because, for instance, and we talked about this before, if you eat a carrot or you take a vitamin A pill or capsule or gel cap, you're missing out on all the other nutrients that exist in a carrot. And all those things work in combination together to give your body the greatest benefit. That's why you should eat whole foods or at least dried foods that have been uh, dried in a, a healthy way and put into pills. The raw food is the best. So there are some foods that if you cook them, it releases the nutrients and are, are better uh, either slightly cooked or highly cooked to release, depending on if you're just drinking the broth or whatever. Point being that uh, we're going to have that uh, discussion with Ted and talk about that in, after we get done with the cancer series. So probably a four cup podcast from now. We'll go into that. We'll go into more detail about the antioxidants. Simple to say right now so we can get into cancer specifically is that the free radicals can play a part in causing cancer. Wow. We'll get more into do the antioxidants help in that process? Uh, is it important that we eliminate those or is the body just getting rid of them naturally and they're really mm -hmm. overall most of the time not an effect? Depends and we'll talk more about that later. I wonder so, if it's kind of like a, like a tipping point where you have too many and then all of a sudden it no develops. One, these are things that uh, we're still figuring out. We go on and continue to try, do the best we can. Uh, a lot of the medical community have, have really uh, downplayed antioxidants as a benefit in the fight of cancer or a benefit in the, uh, if we're reducing the free radicals in someone, are they less likely to actually get cancer? Some of the research says no. Some of the studies they've done says no, they're still, but again, studies can be, you know, the conclusions drawn from many studies can be, depending on which side of the fence you're on, can yeah. uh, sway your opinion. Uh, we find that in just about everything in life, right, with the news from politics to nutrition to treatments to, there always seems to be two sides of the fence because we don't always have the same perspective of a given uh, situation, right? Yeah, and it might be whoever's funding the study. 
may yeah. want it to go a certain way. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, even though that ninety uh, percent of the uh, European world uh, drinks coffee consistently, get into Asia and they tend to drink more teas, uh, but they don't get rid of the caffeine. Uh, but there was a study done I laughed at, and it had to have been <laughs> supported by the coffee industry in the making of it. It said that drinking up to five cups of coffee a day can be good for your health, cardiovascular health. And really the reality of that is when you drink coffee, the main ingredient that affects your body is, is the caffeine, and you feel it. You feel more energy or you feel more alert. You, you can get alert, think you can get more mm-hmm. things done. Caffeine has that effect, but it's also addictive, and it's also, if you look at what happens biologically, the blood vessels around the heart constrict, and the blood vessels in your extremities, they relax, and so the blood flow increases to your extremities, and it decreases to your heart. So they're saying that the uh, the coffee's good because it's good for your cardiovascular system because it's letting more blood get to your extremities. Now, there can be benefit to your blood getting your extremities, but I'm, for me, I don't want to reduce blood flow to my heart. I survive. My heart is <laughs> the most important organ in my body in long-term life, but uh, that heart quits and you're done. That's my opinion on that topic. Mm-hmm. Okay. For now, now, the big one. What causes cancer? What is cancer? Before we get into what is cancer, Nikki, I need to kind of to understand what causes cancer is part of what is cancer. So the whole definition and the explanation will kind of go along together. And I have an article that I I liked uh, from Mm standardhealthcare.org. And it starts out as, what causes cancer? Okay. There is no one single cause for cancer. Scientists believe that it is the interaction of many factors together that produce cancer. The factors involved may be genetic, environmental, or constitutional characteristics of the individual, which would imply (laughs) what you eat. Mm. Diagnosis, treatment, and prognosis for childhood cancers are different from adult cancers. The main difference are the survival rate and the cause of the cancer. The overall five-year survival rate for childhood cancer is about 80%, while in adult cancers, the survival rate is 68%. The difference Mm. is thought to be because childhood cancer is more responsive to therapy and a child can tolerate more aggressive therapy. Childhood cancers often occur or begin in the stem cells, which are simple cells capable of producing other types of specialized cells that the body needs. A sporadic cell, or a mutated cell you might say, or mutation is usually what causes childhood cancer. In adults, the type of cell that becomes cancerous is usually an epithelial cell. Epithelial cells line the body cavity and cover this body surface. Cancer occurs from environmental exposure to these cells over time. Adult cancers are sometimes referred to as acquired for this reason. When we look at what our scientists say are the causes of cancer, you've got genetic, you've got uh, environmental that's related to what you're exposed to as well as you what you put in your body. The foods we eat are all connected. So we go into what is cancer? Cancer is a mutation of your normal cells. Uh, that mutation can can occur in the stem cells, the bone marrow where the cells are created or the stem cells leave the bone marrow and 
the body uses them to reproduce the cells in your system. For instance, your blood is uh, renewed every 90 days or so. Uh, skin cells are constantly sloughing off and new cells are being created underneath, seven layers of cells there on your skin. Some uh, parts of your body, like your muscles, those are your cells. They're not uh, constantly being reproduced. When they get damaged, they stay damaged. You don't get new ones at this moment. They don't. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if someday they don't unlock those mysteries. Uh, you know, how uh, certain animals can regrow limbs if they lose them. They say our DNA is tightly connected to everything on Earth. Well, if that ability exists in, in an animal, uh, some creature, why was it lost, got up to us or uh, other forms of life on Earth? Um, I know mm -hmm. those, are, those are mysteries that still trying to be unlocked, and I'm sure as time goes on, eventually those things will be figured out. Mm. They uh, kind of cool to think about. But anyway, uh, so why do cells mutate? Many, many reasons, like we just mentioned, uh, exposure to different things. Uh, Basically, a cell is made from a genetic code, DNA. It's a copied code to the new cell. The new cell is being created there. The cell divides and uh, creates a new cell. And that DNA gets messed up. And so you have what's called a mutation. And then that mutation, if it's depending on the type of mutation, some tumors are benign, meaning they're very slow growing. And sometimes maybe they reach a point where they're not going to grow anymore. But they are very slow growing and so they're considered benign and typically easily removable. Whereas if a mutation occurs in the cell to where the cell is changed enough, its DNA is changed enough to where it can become, start reproducing itself and when that cell divides it, it has already become unhealthy. And that's one of the reasons when it divides it mutates because it's an existing unhealthy cell that starts dividing and then once it divides a cancer cell or a significantly mutated cell, that mutation then begins to thrive. And so in the cancer, it multiplies, multiplies, multiplies at a rapid rate and it can break off and spread through the body. That's how we get metastasis or the cells moving around in the body and so on and so forth. When you look at the overall circumstances to related to that, talk a little bit about why that might occur Genetically, have you ever known anybody with cancer, Nikki? Yes. Probably a dumb Real. question. I don't think there's a person out there that hasn't. I'd be surprised. Uh, tell me a little yeah. bit about that. Three out of four of my grandparents were smokers, and they all developed cancer, whether it was lung cancer or... I think it was all lung cancer. And that, and and that took, took their them lives? Quickly. Yeah. Has this been in the past few years or long it's time ago? ago? The what? But, Probably 20 years ago, at least. All of them died 20 years ago? Yeah, I mean, not together. Like, one was in middle school, and then one was, like, in high school, and one was when I was out of college. Okay, but, I mean, their ages? What were their ages at the time? One was... Gosh, I should know this, but I don't really. I think my mom's mom may have been, like, young, like, late 50s. Yeah, just, she just age range. Yeah, so, like, 50s to 70. And they were smokers. Yeah. Hard to say what the rest of their diet was like or the th other activities they had or the heavy drinkers or things like that. Hard to say, right? My grandpa was a heavy drinker when he was younger. And then my grandma, I know she tried to like start doing like healthier foods toward the end. I don't know how they ate up to that point. I think it was fairly normal. Well, it's interesting how we do that, right? Most people don't decide to eat well or take supplements until they notice they have a problem. 
You know, and, and like we mentioned earlier, that children often uh, bounce back from cancer more quickly than adults. If we look at kids, your body is constantly in a state of growth uh, up into your late teens, early 20s. You're produce, reproducing cells at a very rapid rate. And most of the cancer treatments out there today, at least in the United States, are all related to uh, they're coming with new forms of them. They're trying to fight cancer with, with the immune system. That, to me, is the more natural direction that needs to be done is just to help the body. The immune system has the ability to heal itself until at some point it, it doesn't. Um, and why that occurs be a multitude of factors. We've talked about this before. Our bodies in our, in our detox segments, earlier podcasts, uh, where the uh, immune system plays a role in everything, and your and your body's constantly detoxifying itself, because you're constantly being every breath of air you take in, you're taking in all kinds of things that are not good for your body. Uh, but the air is there; it's enough to give you what you need. Your body's able to filter out the rest of the junk. It goes on until it can't anymore. The food you take in, the water you, we drink, even though we filter it, there's still all kinds of other things in there. Uh, one of the things we can't do yet is filter out plastic, and there's plastic in everything now. And more and more studies being showing that, that plastics cause inflammation in the body. Inflammation in the body is, is an activation of the immune system. My theories on all this, when you look at the genetics, which I mentioned earlier, we're going to look at look at the genetic factors. Think about how they're claiming a lot of things, family to member to family member. Well, you said all, all of them smoked. Okay, was there a predisposition in your family for cancer? Does cancer follow in families? Yes, it does. Is it genetic or is it related to the types of uh, things they're exposed to throughout their life, the types of foods they eat, the area in which they live in, location, how close they're located to things, manufacturing that puts toxic waste into mm-hmm. the air, to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, exposure to, uh, you know, things in the water, uh, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's definitely a connection there that children follow the habits of their parents. There may in lie the genetic factor, not so much that uh, their DNA is uh, screwed up from one generation to the next, which I'm sure it can be as well, but mm-hmm. that plays a role also. Going down to it, I have a grandfather who also died of lung cancer, was a smoker, mentioned it before. My mm. mother, though, she smoked Camel Straits four packs a day for, uh, for 40 years. She's now 89. Quit smoking about, uh, I don't know, it's been 20 years ago. And because they wow. told her she was, was uh, starting to develop emphysema, which finally scared her into quitting. By the way, mm. hypnosis, wow. uh, one hypnosis visit, and, and she was able to quit. Uh, oh my God! Giving me myself a hypnosis plug there. Um, <laughs> Good but job. She obviously now going back to the genetic factor. Did she? Did my grandfather die because he was predisposed to the effects of the smoking, and so his body succumbed to it. His cells mutated in his lungs, and his body was not able to kill that mutation. See, we, a lot of people don't understand. Our cells are constantly mutating too, because of this toxic exposure, uh, I believe, and the uh, overtaxing of the immune system, a good immune system is constantly killing off these mutated cells. The body recognizes in most cases it's a mutated cell that kills it off. However, they have discovered there are certain cancers where the, uh, and these I tend personally to believe that there's a virus connection with these types of cancers because the cancers themselves appear to have some sort of intelligence. As viruses are able to 
in some cases avoid the immune system and that is typically what happens when someone dies when they get sick from a virus the, the immune system is unable to fight that off right so when there are cancers out there that they start growing and they actually are able to use the t-cells send messages to the t-cells which help them propagate <laughs> and not only do they not kill them but they enable them to to spread faster and I look at cancer as its own entity in your body whether it's a, a benign or cancerous cells or tumors they're like a separate entity inside your body and I think oddly enough they are you they're a form of your DNA they're made from your DNA it's just been altered so it's you uh, the cancer is you but it's just coming out in wrong form in a form that eventually invades the whole body and starts shutting down the organs and brain and et cetera, et cetera, your heart. Everything can be affected where it spreads. Not typical that the cancer cells do affect the heart, but the rest of the organs in the body, they shut down and that leads to the heart dysfunctioning. Ultimately, you die. So any questions about what I've talked about so far, Nick? No, it's a, it's a lot. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like you have certain genetics, but then what you're exposed to and what you put in your body and on your body is going to also affect how your DNA reacts. Your immune system is your number one defense. That's your defense to everything in life. It keeps you going It because it, uh, we're constantly, it keeps you detoxifying from th those substances that get in you. It kills off the bacteria, the viruses, uh, fungus, things like that. It, if everything's working right, it, it has the ability to knock all these things out before they uh, overload your body and kill you. And so it's key that your immune system stays in, at an optimal level uh, so that uh, it can uh, do, do its job. And we're going to get into this when we get into treatments more. But uh, you've got to recognize that what you're putting in your body, where you're living, what you're breathing, what you're drinking, it, it all is leading to a constant effect on your immune system. If you're in an area where you're getting too much, it overloads the system and makes you more susceptible to not being able to fight off simple things like colds and flus, you know, COVID, to uh, uh, all the toxins that just enter your body, aside from viruses, but they're all affecting the immune system. And if the immune system gets overloaded due to poor nutrition, you know, it's always a combination of things. You're eating crappy, maybe living in an environment, maybe you're putting more toxins in your body through smoking, through alcohol, through drugs. All those things affect the immune system. Eating a lot of sugar, we know that for sure, that it lowers your immunity. Mm -hmm. Things like, I haven't found a study yet, but i got to do some searching that I'm pretty sure things like caffeine lower your immunity. And we know that it uh, uh, affects your blood flow and help your circulation to your extremities but not around your heart things need to be considered some things you can't change some things you can't do about it. look at plastics everything is in plastic now so much yeah. more aware of of the plastic issue and and the more research done the more research is showing that even the good types of plastics still do release some of their chemicals into whatever liquid or or food that these things are packaged in even uh, a lot of organic things are now put into plastics, to you know, a yeah. plastic bag, a plastic, some kind of plastic wrap. So you can't get away from it. Uh, studies show that it's in our water, in our food, in our air. I don't know what the future is with that. You know, can anything be done with it? It's made our lives and the world very convenient. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing out there that they found uh, works well to, for storing things as far as, you know, paper doesn't 
work too well, and then they line the paper with a plastic liner, which seeps into the food too. So, mm. and anyway, plastics are basically just a chemical, right? The plastics actually are made from oil. 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 Oil, and that's why oil. One of the reasons why our gas prices are so high too is a large part of oil is used in plastic manufacturing, not just gasoline. Wow. The uh, a lot of people don't don't know that. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Any other questions about what is cancer? I think I've covered what I wanted to. So why do cells mutate? So that's based on they're exposed to things and the DNA replicates one way or another? Well, if you look at why the cell mutates, I think the cell mutates because it's sick. That's my yeah. personal feeling. It got invaded by something. A toxin invaded yeah. it, made it yeah. sick. Uh, or a virus invaded it, made it sick. Uh, and made it sick in, in, in the sense that now the cell is not functioning normally. And, and the cell, so the body is sending other cells to help it. And the cells open and close. They take in fluids, take in nutrients, and they expel waste. When a cell is unhealthy, it can't always take in those nutrients. It typically becomes swollen because the membranes become tight and the cell swells uh, because it's trying to get its waste out and it can't. And so ions come by. That's one of the things that things like zinc uh, and silver in the body does is it is carrying a positive ion. And typically these things that get into the cells, like the free radicals, which are negative ions, uh, a lot of typically these, they, there's a buildup of negative ions in the cell. So along comes, uh, and the outside of the cell, the fluids around the cell, they are carrying all these different minerals too. And if, if uh, the levels are good, of ions, that's why, you know, they're like, okay, the vitamin C, the uh, vitamin A, things like that are, are all working as antioxidants, vitamin E. Um, they're putting things into into that fluid that uh, then enables the uh, positive ions going by, open up the cell because they're attracting that negative ion and basically they're sucking it out. Uh, so they're sucking out the waste. Guess what happens? This is my theory. Your cell's mm -hmm. sick. It's in a state of inflammation. It's swollen. Well, guess what? It's time to re replicate. And the cells replicate at a certain level in their life. It's kind of like humans, you know, we, we typically reproduce in our 20s, 30s, 40s. Um, it's, it, the body's at, at the point of, okay, that's, that's the time. After that, women typically can't have children because their body changes. We'll look at the cell that way too. The cell has reached its level in life where it needs to replicate. Well, guess what? It's sick. Hmm. Either the, if the cell cell's still alive during replication and well enough to replicate, that, that's where I believe the, the mutations typically occur and why they occur. Uh, the, uh, uh, keeping your immune system running well, keeping good antioxidants in your system, I think is beneficial. The, the medical community kind of poo-poo's antioxidants and say, uh, because of some of their studies are done, again, I said earlier, most of their studies are done with synthetic uh, vitamins. And so I, I think their uh, research is faulty. But <clears throat> yeah. anyway, we, I think, have covered uh, what is cancer. There's going to be overlap as we go on next week, and we're going to talk about the immune system and how it relates to cancer. And we've already kind of discussed that a little bit. We'll go into more detail and uh, provide more helpful information about uh, boosting your immune system so mm -hmm. that uh, mm -hmm. um, natural immunity, I all for the natural cancer uh, treatments, I don't, uh, I'm not big on chemotherapy, but I do like the idea of some of the things, some of the research that's being done now about uh, uh, 
helping to boost your immune system, make it stronger so that it itself can fight the cancer. The reasons it's unable to fight certain types of cancers is because either it is a type of cancer that's able to trick the immune system or because your immune system, which is the majority of instances, the immune system is not running well. It's not working right. It's overloaded by too many toxins coming into your system from external forces and so then your body's unable to fight it off. But it's constantly, you, a lot of people don't know, you're constantly, and I think I said this before, you're, you're constantly getting cellular mutation. The difference in those that propagate and become cancers or tumors is that for some reason, and I think it has to do with your general immune health, is uh, unable to stop the replication or kill off those cells when it sees them replicating. And that's normally what it does on a daily basis and it's constantly doing that. Uh, those lung tissue mutations are occurring, I believe, frequently. But uh, uh, in the case of lung cancer, uh, at that point the body was no longer able to stop the replication fast enough. The replication process was taking place faster than the, than the body's ability to kill it. Uh, and mm. that's when it takes off. And so the immune system isn't working at its optimum. Immune systems yeah. in, in young people uh, often are much more resilient too than they are in adults. As we mentioned before, they, they say kids respond to cancer therapies typically better than adults. And I believe that's one of the reasons because their immune system is running at a, at a higher level why they develop that cancer. I think the same reasons are there. And, and uh, I'm pretty convinced that some of these cancers come from viruses and, and uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm thinking that those may be more connected to childhood cancers than other reasons or they were just born with some bad cells that began to reproduce somewhere in their system as well. Pregnancy? Pregnancy? During pregnancy? Oh, during uh, pregnancy? Uh, you're saying women tend to have a higher risk of cancer during pregnancy? No, no, I'm saying like um, childhood cancers may have... Oh, um, yeah, those are other issues. Glad you brought that up. During time in the womb and all the things the mother was exposed to during that time can yeah. definitely... Uh, um, alter the immune system of a child as they're born. You know, goes back to stem cells and their functions. We're going to talk about more about that next week when we get more into cancer and immunity. So oh, that'll be exciting. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a wonderful introduction to a not so wonderful disease, cancer, <laughs> that so many people are exposed to now. Yeah, we need to talk about it. it needs to be discussed. They, uh, yep. um, because it's too prevalent, especially in, especially in Western society, and it's becoming more prevalent elsewhere in the world as people take on and begin to eat the Western diet. So is that not proof that it's connected? Yeah. I mean, we can't just close our eyes anymore and pretend it's not there. Yes. Until it is, all of a sudden. You know, there's things that we can do along the way, like you're saying, to um, prevent and help our immune system. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about the immune system next week. Thanks, Dr. Kell, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, if you feel like you know someone with cancer that this series could really help, please feel free to share this podcast with them. Also, if you have any questions, you can email healthtalkwithdrkell, that's D-R-K-E-L-L, at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. What else, Dr. Kell? Oh, just mention our sponsors, oceanmaynaturals.com or .store. Uh, you can go there and find uh, natural health and hygiene products. Also, supplements. <clears throat> we always like to mention Standard Process. They're one of the few companies in the world that, that manufacture holy whole food supplements. 
made directly from the foods. And they're, they keep all the good stuff from the carrot. They don't just uh, give you the vitamin A. And you can purchase those supplements at holistichealth.standardprocess.com chiropractic office or holistic health office is connected to and you can go on there and purchase those supplements at a discount over what you would find them elsewhere on the internet and that's yes. pretty much it great product i mean i use both um standard process and ocean bay naturals products so they are great i i spray the silver in the back of my throat um i there's like a the deodorants that i love and also, I take the supplements every day, and I have noticed a huge improvement in my health. So definitely, if you're feeling, you know, tired or have other symptoms that you feel like, you know, I'm just not quite myself, it might be something that could help you. Yes, and we do nutritional and health uh, consultations okay. over the phone. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. They, yep. uh, and uh, you can always uh, email us at our email, healthtalkwithdrkell at gmail.com, and, and we can set up a consultation for you. Yes, absolutely. They're so helpful. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Thanks, Dr. Kell. Thank you, Nikki. Bye-bye. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. While we make every effort to broadcast correct information, we are still learning. We will double-check all facts, but realize that medicine is a constantly changing science and art. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another. We are simply presenting our views on how to live a healthy lifestyle that will be as evidence-based as possible. We welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. We take no money from drug or device companies. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall Dr. Kel Fullerton or any guests or any contributors to the podcast or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Dr. Kel Fullerton be responsible for damages arising from use of this podcast. This blog should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Our website, blog, and podcasts are all HIPAA compliant. While you may give your email address to subscribe to the website posts or to post information on the website blog, we will never share your email address or contact information with any third parties without your explicit permission. The contents of Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast and the show notes are all copyrighted. All blog posts, podcasts, and show notes that are distributed to the public for free can be redistributed via hard copy or electronic copy for free only if Health Talk with Dr. Kell is included as the acknowledged author within the actual media that is being redistributed. The Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast is a production of The Orange Stack with executive producers Dr. Kell Fullerton and Eric Hammond and hosts Nikki Sterling.